Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore thee profoundly. I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby he is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. <coughs> Good to be with you. It's Monday. Mother is here. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. This is uh, my last um, live broadcast for a little bit. I'm going to Rome today to vest one of my friends, David Lee, uh, for his diaconate ordination at St. Peter's Basilica. And then I'm going on my canonical retreat at Assisi. So I'll be back with you all live Although we may have some broadcasts from Rome. That's not out of the question. Um, in about uh, two weeks from today, on the 9th of October. And that kicks off our Mariathon. So I'll actually be heading down to Louisiana for that. I'll be there uh, in the studio from the 10th to the 13th, uh, driving down two weeks from today on the 9th. So a busy October ahead, but all good stuff. How was your weekend? Oh, very good. We celebrated uh, my son-in-law's birthday yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a good gathering of people. And uh, the weather was terrible. We had the remnants of that hurricane. But um, right. nevertheless, it was a good get-together. Good get okay. Yes, you do have a very busy schedule. I do. So what do you want to talk about today? Well, I'm want to talk today about today's gospel, which talks about the light, not putting your light under a bed, but rather let others see the light. So we'll just talk about living in the light. Um, mm -hmm. It's a choice to live in the light or to live in the darkness. Actually, we, it was a lot of people there yesterday, and I noticed that the conversation kept going back to the darkness. You know, all the things that are wrong at this time in the world and in our country. And, uh, you know, you have to really be careful about that uh, because it, it does bring everything down. So I guess it's a choice. Uh, Revelation 21, 23 says there are no lights in the city of God. The glory of God lights it. Its lamp is the lamb. So I think we have to focus on inside of us, our interior uh, to be filled with God's light. And um live our lives choosing the way of the light. Uh, as I say, it's a choice. So we have choices every day. Uh, we do definitely are living in a time of darkness. And we have to allow Jesus to enter in and lead and guide our lives and the Holy Spirit. Um, the Gospels are a great place to start because Jesus tells us very clearly in the Gospels how we're to live our lives in the light. It's very clear. His words are very clear. Um, the world right now is, I think, filled with the diabolical. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, we have to be careful not to hate people. That's the devil. 
He wants us to hate each other. He's seeking to divide. Oh, the division that we see all the time in the country. And things like sin. Sin is not called sin anymore. Now we call it love. And it makes it very confusing for a lot of people. So what direction are we looking in? Are we looking at the news and all the disorder that it shows? Or are we looking at Jesus and the unity and the love that he offers us? Um, again, it's a choice. Philippians 2.15 says, St. Paul, uh, St. Paul, I can't even read my own writing. He pleaded with the Philippians to be faithful in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom we shine like lights in the world. And that's, I think, that the role of the uh, Christian is to um, not be drawn into the darkness, but to be the light and to shine in the world amongst all that darkness. Any thoughts on that? Well, yes, there's a very famous painting of uh, what looks like Jesus and the devil is whispering in his ear and has his hand uh, inside his um, his cloak. And it's it's a very it's almost unsettling to see it because you're like, why is he so close to him? Why it almost seemed like they're you know they're in cahoots, and you don't realize until you're staring at long enough that it's not Jesus at all. It's the Antichrist, but he looks yeah. just like Jesus from outward appearances, but it's not him. And the problem with today's world is that there's a false light that's going out that a lot of people are grabbing onto. And it's not the true light of Jesus. It's the false light of the Antichrist. And that's what people are being illumined by. And that's what's leading them off the path. And this is the predominant problem with today's culture. It's, it's an Antichrist culture. It's an anti-gospel. But they're calling it light. So this is the problem we have. You, when you look, when Jesus called himself the light of the world, what made him shine? It was his first his word, but his actions backed up his words. You know, his works were critically important, and the works shown then, and they still shine today. When he calls us the light of the world, it's the same thing. It's not just our words; it has to be our works, and they have to represent and uh, point back to what is the truth. You can't have uh, something that's called light and good when it's actually darkness and bad. But this is what's happened to the culture. It's a very strange time. So when we think of uh, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, what do you literally, what do you think of? The first thing I think of is that huge uh, St. Joseph Oratory in Canada that a blessed Andre Bisset built. It literally is this giant basilica on a hill that is a beacon for people to, to come to. But when you think of more abstract examples, you know, Mother Teresa is such a great example of uh, a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. What was it about her that people were drawn to? It was because she was authentically serving Christ and his church in the poorest of people, you know, the people with um, who were dying in the streets, basically. Now, what's so interesting about when you start looking at people who reflect the true light of God, well, it's very interesting because uh, these very servant-hearted people, these very sacrificial people, just like Jesus, they receive two things at the same time. They receive the praises of half the people and the scorn of the other half. It's always the same. Uh, if you're pleasing everybody, you're doing something wrong. But authentically good 
Catholic saints have always drawn down praises for what they do, but also the hatred of the people on the other side. And so it was for Mother Teresa as well. As with all this, look at Jesus, same thing. So there's a, uh, there is a cost to being the light, but it's one that's worth it. I've seen that painting that you're talking about. It is very unsettling. It, it, it is very unsettling. Yeah, but I didn't. It, I didn't know that that was the figure of the Antichrist. I thought it was Jesus. No, no, no. That's what it, it's. It's by a guy named Luca Signorelli back in the 15th century. He painted it, and initially he didn't tell people who it was in his intent. But as the more people looked at, they said, "This is not. It can't be Jesus. It's not him." Mm-hmm. And then he said, "No, it's the Antichrist." Yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely can picture it in my mind. Mm-hmm. So um, it is a confusing time, and, uh, you you know, we really do need the Holy Spirit to be guiding us through it. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, we're going to get lost along the way, I think. So we have gotten the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you're Catholic and you have the sacraments, you received it at baptism, and you received it at confirmation. You received the light. The question is, have we kept it glowing? Is it still lit? Have we, or have we allowed it to go out? And sadly, I would say that in some of us, the flame is out. Now, without the Holy Spirit, all we see is the material world. We don't see the big picture, the spiritual world. So think of that. Uh, you do need to see what's really going on. And people who are living the faith, living the sacraments, they have the eyes to see. Um, and then there's the people that they, they just can't see it. You know, a lot of times you're in discussions with people and they just can't see what you're trying to say. And so it's we have to be in a state of grace. We have to be the Holy Spirit's dwelling place. So at confirmation, the bishop anointed us with oil and he marked the Holy Spirit upon us to consecrate us to him and to fortify us, to strengthen us for these times. The bishop made the sign of the cross on our foreheads in holy oil and set us apart for God. So how beautiful is that? So many people, sadly, have walked away from the faith, the Catholic faith. I really think they don't realize what they're doing, because if they knew their faith well, they would never walk away from it. We have everything. And so even in our families, there's people that have walked away from the faith. And I would say at this point, it's it's become like an army. Sadly, it's an army of darkness. Um, but... Uh, every, I think uh, you can say almost every family has it. Uh, these people have been tricked by the enemy. They've been lured by the pleasures of the world. They see only the material and not the spiritual. Um, so that's the present battle we find ourselves in. It's a clash of light versus darkness. And it's a, it's really a clash of good versus evil. And so we encounter many battles during our own particular journey. And many times we should have fought, and many times we were defeated. Uh, Maybe we didn't fight well. And I think the big problem is we try and fight our battles alone instead of asking Jesus to help us. That's a big thing. Uh, We think we can do everything. I know I, I speak from my own experience. You know, a lot of times you just charge in and say, well, I can fix this. I can do this. I can do that. But we really need Jesus to help us in in times like this. These are not ordinary times. So the world is lying to us. And 
we've been given a sword at confirmation. Uh, we have to turn back and let those graces of those sacraments, baptism and confirmation, be, be revived in us and let Jesus fight our battles with us. And I would say also that if you're living in the light, that despair has no place in us. You know, a lot of people out there are falling into despair and depression. I don't think that we can we can do that if we're trying to live the faith, because just the just our loved ones alone that have left the faith, we, we have to battle for them. We have to fight for them. We can't give up. We can't go into despair. It's not an option. So um, we have to stay in the light. And, and it's a choice every day, every day. So what are the weapons that we have? So, of course, prayer. We never stop praying. Pray for our lost loved ones, those who live in the world with all its allurements. We nourish ourselves with the sacraments. And as I'm putting this together, I'm thinking we're coming back to our lady's five little stones that she's asking of us. It seems so many of the things we talk about, we come back to the the five little stones. So it's prayer. It's fasting. Fasting is so powerful for our loved ones. The sacraments. It's penance. It's daily conversion for ourselves. So that's that's how we keep it all going. We can during the hard times we need to intensify our prayers. You know, if you have a certain amount of prayers that you do every day. And then the challenges come along. You need to in intensify your prayers, increase them. Stay close to other believers like the Acts of the Apostles like they did. Uh, in unity, there's strength. We can pray for each other. We can join together, start a prayer group. You know, on the trip in April to Medjugorje, there was uh, a woman named Barbara from Australia. And she said to us that uh, she didn't have community back at home. She didn't have anything like a prayer group or anything. And she said, I'm really on my own. I'm really alone. So a couple of us were saying to her, well, you know, start a prayer group if you have a couple of friends. So she went home and she did the very thing immediately. She got a few of her friends together. They started a prayer group. And we've talked to her a couple of times since then. And uh, it's going very well. And she said, ah, I have community now. I have, I have a, a group. And when things aren't going well, we can ask each other to pray for us. So it's as simple as that. Simple, but very big. Any thoughts there, Father? Well, I'd, I'd, I'm going to go back. You said something about, you know, praying for the ones who aren't there yet. You know, yesterday in the gospel, this, this the, the uh, vineyard owner, he's hiring all these people from six in the morning till five o'clock at night. And there's a lot of ways you can interpret that, but um, the, the direction I went yesterday was, you know, it's he's extending this gift, this mercy to people who are coming to him at all points of the day. Yeah. And, you know, some of the saints like Therese was immediately Catholic and stayed Catholic her whole life until she, you know, died at 24. And she's like the 6 a.m. girl. She's there from the beginning and she works the whole day. But then people like Augustine, you know, they weren't there from the beginning. They were too busy doing their own thing. He's like a 12 nooner. He shows up and then he works for the rest of the day. 
I'm I'm like that. I I kind of came in the middle of the day, not at the beginning. And then you have people like you know the good thief on the cross, who's he's a six p.m.er. He showed up at the very end and asked, you know, remember me. And Jesus says, you'll be with me today in paradise. So the, all points of the of the spectrum, there's people showing up and coming back. And that's what we have to, you know, that's our hope. You know, that's why we have hope is that he will receive somebody back right up to the very last breath of their life if they truly want to come into the kingdom. And yeah. we shouldn't be envious of that. You know, some people get angry. Well, I've, you know, slaved my whole life and, you know, they just scooted at the last minute. Um, that's a if you have the heart of God as the heart of a father, you, you know, like the prodigal son's father was scanning the horizon looking for his son to come every day. If you have that heart, you don't care when they come back as long as they come back. And you wouldn't be angry that they came back late. You'd be relieved, if anything. Well, of course, even a mother's heart, if if it's your child that's away and they come back at the 11th hour, you're happy. You're yes. very happy. But we have to, you know, extend that happiness and and care across all people, because yeah. they're well, they're all children of God. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, good analogy. Well, I would say that God has a plan. Blessed Mother in Medjugorje is telling us that He has a plan, and He sent her to implement it, and that His plan is being played out, even though we can't see it, even though. Things look like they're pretty bad. So going with God has a plan. Are we available to him to use us? And he can use you wherever you are right now. Um, So, you know, uh, you you have no time for discouragement, really. Uh, So Our Lady is calling us to pray for our loved ones who have left the faith. She does that all the time. And just one of her little messages here is to Mariana. On March 18th, 1998, dear children, I call you to be my light in order to enlighten all those who still live in darkness to fill their hearts with peace with my son. Thank you for having responded to my call. She's very concerned about the ones that are living in darkness. Yeah, we get a, a new message in just a little over an hour. Yes, that's too bad we don't have it now. Mm-hmm. So again... Uh, the, the Christian is capable of bearing the hardest trials and the most difficult circumstances for love of God once you have the Holy Spirit with you. Um, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. You know, um, the, I had a friend many years ago, about 20 years ago, maybe even more, and she was in a prayer group that I was in, and her husband had got a job transfer. So they were leaving Long Island and they were moving to New Orleans. And uh, she had in, she was in prayer and she uh, was asking the Lord about this move. And, you know, she was having to buy a house and she was asking about, you know, which house she should pick. And he showed her a picture in her mind of a meadow. And he said uh, that that's the house I want you to have. So she said, oh, good. She was, uh, you know, open to whatever he wanted. So they go down with the real estate and they start looking at houses. She didn't care if it had granite countertops. She was interested in that meadow. So every house they went into, she would open the back door and look out and no meadow. She said, no, I don't like this house. No, I don't like this house. 
and the real estate and her husband were getting very frustrated with him. And they said, well, what is it that you're looking for? She goes, I'll know it when I see it. So one day they show her a house and she opens the door and it's a meadow. She goes, this is it. We'll take this one. So they buy it and they move. And they weren't there but a couple of months when Hurricane Katrina hit. Every house on that block was devastated to the ground except hers. And she uh, opened up that meadow in the back for people to pitch tents, you know, uh, they were out of their houses. And so, again, once you have the Holy Spirit, uh, he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you to safety. You're in the light. He's going to he's going to direct you. It's I mean, it's fabulous. It's such a comfort. Uh, she was she was one of the intercessors of the land. She had. I, are you there? Yeah, but you're going in and out. I can't hear you. Oh. Okay. So anyway, my message today is get out of the driver's seat. Let the Holy Spirit take the controls. Listen, surrender, get to know his voice. Uh, God often chooses what is weak to accomplish his purposes. So all he seeks is an open heart. So if you feel like you have nothing to offer, that's really not true. Um, and with the Holy Spirit and his accompaniment, we can do all things. So... Um, that's it. So this week we have a lot of big things coming up. We have the Feast of the Archangels. And I, are you going to be at Michael's Cave at that on that feast day? I will be, yes. That's exciting. Is your first be. time there or have you been? Nope, first time. Beautiful. First time there, first time at CC, first time Petrolchina. First time in a sissy, huh? Yep. Yeah, I love a sissy. I could spend a week there. And yeah. that's on my bucket list. I want to get there. Mm-hmm. Yep, looking well, forward to it. You'll have to share your experiences with us when you get back. I will. Maybe even while I'm there, I'm going to bring some equipment to record uh, better than the phone, and we'll see what happens. Okay, good. Yeah. And I wish you safe travels. Let the angels fly with you. Thank you very much. We have, um, I'll just tell you something. I think I'm about to get two more priests that I really just love to uh, begin shows on Radio Maria, programs on Radio Maria. I'm even trying, I'm wondering if we can get them back to back so it could be called sort of like the hour of power. They're both incredible preachers, and um, it looks like things are heading in that direction. I don't want to say their names because it's not quite done, but um, hopefully by the time I come back, that will all be wrapped up or close to it, and uh, it's just going to um, add to the great splendor that Radio Maria already has. It's going to really um, bring some some powerful messages that are brilliantly uh, spoken from these two priests. So keep that in prayer. That's very exciting. And uh, what else do we have going on? The 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 fundraiser, the, the Maria-thon, that's in two weeks. So we'll be having some special giveaways for that too. And I'll be down there. So if you live in the Alexandria 
area and you'd like to help volunteer to man the phones, we always are looking for volunteers to help out. And um, I'm also going to be meeting with the local bishop down there. He's asked to have a meeting. And I, you know, I understand he's a very big fan of Radio Maria. So that also will be exciting. His name is Bishop Robert Marshall. So all this is coming. And then, of course, I'll be in Fatima in October for the Radio Maria World Meeting of Directors. And looking forward to that. I, I have a friend who's a priest in Chicago, Father Anthony Musa, who's a Croatian priest, but part of the Croatian Franciscans who serve Medjugorje. And he's from there. And he's going to be taking a group to Fatima the same week I'm there. So we're going to be bumping into each other. It's amazing. When you go to these places, I always bump into people I know, which is remarkable when you think about how far away they are. But it happens. It just happened in Medjugorje. It... Um, it's going to happen. Of course, in Rome, there'll be many people I know because many people are gathering for the ordination, but also people are coming in for the synod. So I know somebody coming for the synod huh. who I haven't seen in a while. So oh. all sorts of things. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Huh. Well, yeah, people are asking me if I'm going for the synod when they hear I'm going to Rome. Oh. I said, no, I'm not part of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, a lot happening. Yeah. So continue, always pray for the Holy Father, regardless of who the Holy Father is. You always pray for the Pope. Yes. Um, lift him up. All right. It's been good chatting with you all. Thank you for being on today, Mom. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Amen. Dan signing out. 